0: This is the IBJ Podcast for the week of Monday, July 25th, 2022, brought to you by Taft. I'm your host, Mason King. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Since about the beginning of the year, we at IBJ Media have been working on a special publication that's certainly among the largest and most complex projects we have ever attempted. One of the more unique factors is that it is statewide in scope, whereas the Indianapolis Business Journal typically focuses on central Indiana. But as we've previously discussed, IBJ Media's ambitions include spreading its wings across the whole state and bringing its business community closer together. And we'll talk more about that in a second. But here's the headline. IBJ Media just unveiled the inaugural issue of the Indiana 250 It is a compendium of the state's 250 most influential and impactful business and community leaders. This is not simply a list of the CEOs of the state's largest companies. Our definitions of influence and impact were intentionally broad, and our list includes C-suite executives, not-for-profit leaders, civic bigwigs, lawyers, bankers, board chairs, artists, promoters, judges philanthropists, and serial entrepreneurs. You won't find major elected officials, such as Governor Eric Holcomb, or the mayor of your city or town, and we'll explain why in a moment. The process for nominating and choosing the honorees for this first issue was extensive. One of the reasons we felt confident attempting such a thing was IBJ Media's acquisition last year of Inside Indiana Business, the TV, radio, and online news source for business around the state. The Indiana Lawyer, which IBJ Media founded in 1990, also was a statewide publication. So the staffs of the three big IBJ brands teamed up, and their work was buttressed with nominations from readers and key leaders from around the state, plus a lot of research into each of the nominees. Still, it wasn't exactly a scientific process, Holding the line at 250 was very difficult, and of course, there are deserving nominees who didn't make the cut. So you might ask, why do it? For this week's edition of the IBJ Podcast, I'll be joined by Nate Feltman, co-owner and CEO of IBJ Media, and Leslie Weidenbenner, editor of the Indianapolis Business Journal and the Indiana 250. They'll shed more light on the purpose of Indiana 250 as well as the process for assembling the first class. And making changes for next year. Here's our conversation. I'd like to welcome back to the podcast Nate Feltman, the CEO and a co-owner of IBJ Media. Thanks for making time, Nate. Glad to be here with you, Mason. And we're joined by Leslie Weidenbenner, editor of the Indianapolis Business Journal and the Indiana 250. Leslie, thank you for filling in for me last week on the podcast. Absolutely. While I was on vacation.
1: Glad to be here. <laughs>
0: So at the time we're doing this interview, the 120-page Indiana 250 magazine has been sent to IBJ subscribers. All of the profiles of the honorees have been posted at indiana250.com. And last night, IBJ Media had a reception for the honorees. Let me ask you, Leslie, first, what is your state of mind right now?
1: Relieved, uh, a little tired, but very happy because I think it all went well. I think it all turned out great. I think we have a list of 250 very interesting and impactful people. And so I'm feeling good. How about you, Nate? Yeah, I'm feeling
2: really good, too. We had a great group. We had, for summer month, for, you know, lots of family vacations, we had about 150 of the 250 there had a great turnout had a lot of buzz and people talking about important things that are happening in this city and state so it was a, a great turnout
1: and I think more than 300 people overall
2: yeah I think we had uh, 330 uh, I think we were close to well I know we set the record uh, according to our host Salesforce and Sham Nair we set the record for the number of people at one event so it was a big turnout
0: now before we get any further I want to acknowledge the people listening to the podcast who are probably thinking, why is Mason asking questions that he already knows the answers to? I think it would be interesting for listeners to hear some of the questions that we posed as a staff uh, when we initially were wrapping our brains around the project. And the first question that I had at the time was something along the lines of, IBJ and Indiana Lawyer and Inside Indiana Business already do a great job letting our audiences know about the most influential people in the state. We do many different honors programs over the course of the year. What do we want our subscribers to learn from Indiana 250? Or what is what unique service is it supposed to provide, Nate?
2: So... There are many aspects uh, of that. It's a, it's a good question. We've never done a program, as far as I know, at the IBJ where we've honored people from across the state, outside of Central Indiana. Of course, we have a lot of programs here in Central Indiana, Women of Influence, 40 Under 40, and many more where we recognize leaders and great community engagement and, and organizations who are engaged locally. But we've never done it on a statewide basis. And Part of, uh, certainly, our vision at IBJ Media is is to grow across the state of Indiana, be more impactful, uh, and provide more content, more information to Hoosiers, uh, all Hoosiers, not just in central Indiana. So the opportunity for us as a company to identify leaders in Evansville, leaders in Fort Wayne, leaders in South Bend, and beyond— uh, is a great opportunity to engage with these leaders, learn about more about their organizations, learn more about their engagement in their communities, and therefore extend our, our knowledge and, and learnings about what we can do as a company to go deeper in some of these communities across our state. So that was a big part of when Leslie and I started talking about this idea, that was a big part of the thinking.
1: You know, it's interesting, we had a comment on the story that we wrote about this, where someone said, well, these are the same people who are always, always in IBJ, which I thought was interesting for two reasons. One is, they are influential people, so we do write about them. So it's not a surprise that a lot of the names that are in this book are the same people that we write about. But I actually, I'm the editor of IBJ, and I actually... Met a lot of people, learned about a lot of people, both in central Indiana and across the state, that I actually didn't know anything about. And when we went out and really started talking to people about who do you think are it, are the most influential people, we learned a lot about some people that don't always come to the forefront, who are quietly being very influential people and, and making big impacts in their communities.
0: Who were the people? I, I, mean, I, I know we're probably a little bit anxious about singling out particular people, but I mean, who did you learn about, you thought, wow, I should have known about that person?
1: Well, I learned a bunch. So um, Dan Starr, who is the CEO of Do It Best, I always want to say Do It Best Hardware, but it's just Do It Best. So uh, Do It Best is actually Indiana's largest private company headquartered in Fort Wayne. And uh, Dan Starr is the CEO. I knew about Do It Best, but I really didn't know anything about Dan at all. And Actually, while we were working on the 250 and I learned about him that way, I became interested enough in him that we actually wrote a separate story. We did a Q&A with him uh, for our Indiana 100 section. He's a person that I learned a lot more about. Uh, Amish Shaw, I hope I'm saying that right, Mm -hmm. is from Kimcrest, which is a company I had actually never heard of in Elkhart. And he is super involved in the community in south bend in the south bend area and we're actually going to have him on a panel coming up uh, for an ibj event and so you know those are the kind of people that you learn about as you go through this process nate did you have some that you learned more about yeah
2: i did i mean one of the things i was going to mention is that when i i served uh, secretary of commerce under mitch daniels and i knew a lot of the leaders around the state i got to know a lot of the companies and and leaders you know this goes back to the Early two thousands, mid two thousands, and um, that has changed a great deal. Of course, as it would, uh, who's leading different companies, and and the kind of companies. ChemCrest is one that I didn't know either, and to learn about what they're doing, and 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 certainly, I grew up in Mishawaka, South Bend area, so you know it was a surprise to me. To, uh, that was that was one of them you know there, there's just so much happening around our state that even though inside indiana business with gary dick covers a lot of the statewide there there's stories that he didn't know i mean there's a lot there're a lot of leaders uh, he he would know he certainly knows a lot of them but there are new stories that that he also is just beginning to to get to know so it, it's illuminating
0: so Leslie, take us back to fall of 2021 you and Nate are driving back from an event In Chicago, I think. And he proposed doing a publication that named the state's most influential business leaders. What was the number he originally proposed?
1: He proposed 500, which is uh, what a few other business publications do. The Florida Trend Magazine does 500. uh, Dallas does 500. And I almost had a panic attack (laughs) at the idea of... (laughs) Identifying 500 people and then writing profiles of 500 people. I knew I had to
2: start high, though.
1: Well, and I started I'm a
2: negotiator, so I needed to start high.
1: I started at 100, (laughs) and we settled along the way at 250. And I really actually think it was the right number.
2: I do, too. It it turned out, uh, I think, to be just the right number.
0: So you landed on 250. And this is about where I and the rest of the staff come into the picture. Figuring out the parameters for the people who would be considered. I mean, that was... A long discussion, as I recall.
1: It really was. I started off with a much stricter criteria. I didn't, I knew we shouldn't have elected officials because you could just go wild with that. I actually didn't really want to go into the nonprofit world originally or universities. Um, I really wanted to stick with business leaders, but the newsroom staff wanted none of that. Uh, and it was, a, there was a consensus in the newsroom that the people at not for profits philanthropic folks, the people at universities are incredibly important in, in leading our communities. And so it was an easy mm-hmm. uh, change in my position. And I think Nate probably would have led us there anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm
2: guessing. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you look at community leaders across our state um, of course, business business, people lead, but um, the other there's, it's not exclusive, of course. Uh, so when you look at, at South Bend, you've got Notre Dame, who's so instrumental, and we've got around our state, uh, of course, the Lilly Endowment, and who plays such a key role in economic development and, and, and community uh, foundations around our our state. So it, it feels to me that we landed in the right spot to have you know people from lots of different sectors of our economy and, and community engagement involved.
1: But these were difficult discussions about how to balance these things. How do you balance... An executive at a not-for-profit with an executive at a big corporation, or you know, and then in the end, you just we just had to bat to try to strike a balance and try to have a real diversity of people, and I mean that in every way: diversity of age, diversity of industry, um, types of organization, of course, culturally diverse. You know, it was really important to go across the spectrum in that way. And actually, I have to say, when we talked, when I talked to the newsroom. Uh, staff, they came up with some fantastic names, much more likely to look into the arts, into culture, and make great suggestions about authors and musicians and Mm -hmm. those kinds of people that we hadn't initially focused on.
0: Yeah. Name a few
2: of those folks.
1: Well, John Mellencamp is on the list.
2: Angela Pizzo is on the list. Filmmaker. filmmaker.
1: Uh, Michael Corita, the author. John Green, the author, is on the list. Uh, Mina Starziak hawk of of good bones the hgtv show is on the list and she came to the event she Mm -hmm. was at the event last night so so there we you know we really did try to make sure that there were lots of organizations and industries represented
0: if you were a ceo of a large public or private company did that give you like automatic inclusion into the list or did you need more evidence the answer
2: is no. It didn't get you automatically on the list. The really important factor, there are a lot of factors that we took into account, but certainly being engaged in the community and and, and working with community organizations, working with other sectors within the community outside of your own really is is a key differentiator. Um, it, it, so there are plenty of, and a lot of public C, public company CEOs and beyond that didn't make
0: the list. Okay. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. This is the IBJ Podcast.
2: Taft, today's modern law firm. With more than 625 attorneys across 11 offices, we provide solutions to the business issues facing middle market and emerging companies alike. We do this through a highly collaborative and inclusive team approach. Taft, the modern law firm. To learn more, visit
0: taftlaw.com. All right, we're back with this week's edition of the IBJ podcast and our discussion about the inaugural issue of the Indiana 250. What was the most... Difficult part of this process, you know, just from the perspective of, I mean, as the editor of this publication, where where did things uh, potentially go awry, and, and what? So
1: there were two places that I would say. One is that we had really good success when we tried to reach out to the honorees from Central Indiana. They know who we are, they trust us, they know we do a lot of honor programs and a lot of lists, and they were very responsive. When you got outside of Central Indiana, where people don't know IBJ Media as well, they do know Inside Indiana Business, but they don't know IBJ Media. We had a more difficult time. You know, there's a whole racket out there of organizations that try to put people on lists and they charge people. We got a lot of questions like, how much do I have to pay to be on it? Or we don't do paid lists. And we were like, no, no, no. That is absolutely not what this is. No one has to... We're going to pick people. They're on the list, whether you participate or not. And we... We, so we had some trouble getting people who don't know us well to answer our questions, to answer a survey that we were sending out, to send us photos. So I would say on the editorial front, that was sort of the biggest problem. Interestingly, there is a, there's a paper shortage or a paper kind of problem in the printing industry right now. You have to reserve paper fairly early wow. in the process. And we did not reserve enough paper <laughs> for... The publication initially, we initially did not anticipate the number of companies that would want to congratulate people, that would want to advertise, and so we had kind of a scramble to make sure that we were able to make the book big enough to accommodate all the people who wanted to be part of it. So that was actually the second thing.
0: So obviously it's impossible to do a subjective list like this uh, without leaving out some people who Mm -hmm. can make a very persuasive argument that they belong on it first how did how did you end up making like the really hard decisions?
1: It was really hard, and I would say mm. at the very end, we aired on the side of diversity, like especially diversity in industry. so At the end, when we were struggling over people or like a a couple of points, we actually had to replace people because we found out some people had moved from Indiana, from Indiana. Hmm. So we had to replace a couple of people. We kind of looked around and said, where are we a little short? And we added a couple of people late um, because of that. But you know you're right. There is no way to do this list and not have people that you've left off. And in fact, I've already started a list of people we want to consider next year. And I, Nate, I'm sure you already have some of those people in mind. Yeah, I
2: mean as well. the good news is as we were getting towards the end, you uh, we would remind ourselves that this list is going to be an annual list, so uh, we can certainly and we will um, see some changes in the list over time uh, including next year and uh, to the extent we we miss somebody there's an opportunity certainly to uh, to add to so it's a difficult process because of course uh, it's subjective in in many ways and we we need to look at all types of of criteria and uh, year over year it it certainly will will change
1: yeah i think the hardest part next year might be deciding who doesn't stay on the list right Mm. because we i think we would agree that we feel like about a third of the list needs to turn over at least. So you've got, you know, if you don't have new names, it's not interesting. And so the hard part is going to be saying this person is not as influential as they used to be. So they won't be on the list anymore.
0: Have you already, I mean, you're both very well connected people. Have you started uh, getting lobbied by people who are not on the list to be included next year?
1: I haven't been lobbied by anyone, any individual who themselves wants to be on the list. But I've already been lobbied quite a bit by people saying you should have put this person, or this. You know, maybe you should consider this person next year.
2: Yeah, I have too. I've had uh, I've had a, a couple of those emails and, and comments, and um, that tells me we're doing something that is uh, interesting and useful in the marketplace that uh, people care. And I, I think one of the things that I When Leslie and I began talking about this concept, I just believe that people like to learn and read about other people doing interesting things, leading different organizations and doing good things and interesting things in their communities. And so I think the interest level is so high because people love to learn about what People are doing and what they're. We we ask people for what their advice is to young people. We ask people what is something surprising and that's fun to read about. What you know, some of our Hoosier leaders uh, who are 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 doing and what's been in their past and so
0: that was that led right into my next question, which is the thing. Of course, I find myself doing is reading the second half of the profiles where all the the fun questions are, and I was surprised to learn, for example, that Loretta Rush, the Chief Justice of the Indiana Supreme Court. If she were to take a sabbatical, she would want to be a backup dancer for (laughs) Tina Turner.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's some good stuff like that. Yeah, that's solid. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have other examples?
0: I actually do, yeah. I was surprised to learn that Luke Kenley, the longtime member of the Indiana Senate, is an amateur cowboy. And on his vacations, for the last 60 years... He has rounded up cattle on a ranch in Texas. Yeah,
1: he owns a ranch in Texas and in fact, he delayed his trip to Texas so that he could be at last night's event. He is on a plane right now to Texas. He just texted me before he left.
2: That's incredible. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's there's so many I mean, I love reading uh, something surprising like you're talking about Mason and you know, one of one of them that was awesome was uh, somebody named Jeff McCabe? He's uh, founder of Hard Truth Distilling. Was was uh, arrested or accused of uh, stealing a horse in Egypt? I mean, how do you come up with that? Yeah. <laughs> and then we had uh, one of our honorees who won a trip to Hawaii, among other things, on The Price Is Right, and that's Christina Mungi at J.P. Morgan Chase. So there's just some fun, fun facts that you that you learn. Kara uh, Herring, our chief diversity officer for the state of Indiana. Uh, she uh, tried
0: out for uh, American Idol <laughs> in college. So a lot of fun, interesting facts. So we've had the reception. That was just last night. Uh, it's early, obviously. Do we have any sense of, of how people are using this opportunity or using this this opportunity for networking to make the state a smaller place, mm-hmm. uh, to work together or to work with people that they might not have normally uh, been associated
2: with? Well, I, I had a lot of, you know, Quick feedback. The event was just last night from a number of people, and the feedback was fantastic. And it was along these lines it was, gosh, you know, I haven't seen so and so from Evansville for, you know, years. And uh, the opportunity to to reconnect and uh, to learn, you know, what they're doing today um, was fantastic. So, Um, The quick feedback is that I think, you know, this is a great opportunity and that's how we thought about it for leaders around our state. They're doing all sorts of different good things. Uh, to find out about each other. To, in some cases, they, they're not going to know each other. I mean, I, I know that was the case from our event, that some people hadn't met and were doing so for the first time as well. You know, our state's a big place. So if, if you're from South Bend, you don't necessarily know what's going on in Evansville. And so to meet people who are doing interesting things and, and important things in Evansville, if you're sitting in South Bend, is, is a great opportunity. And that, that happened.
1: I was really surprised at the number of conversations that I walked by or was part of where people were being introduced to each other. Like you said, they, they really didn't know each other and they, and there were some dinner plans made and people who went out to dinner afterwards from just cause it was a reception. So it was, it was not a dinner and there were lots of people who met and were headed out to dinner on the way out. So I, I think that was super interesting. And yeah,
2: I, um, that I saw that. And in, in fact, um, I joined uh, after the reception a couple of people who who uh, had no plans to get together for dinner afterwards, but did, and, and they asked me to join. And so that was happening, like you said, Leslie. I mean, that was happening uh, through the evening. So that, that's that's fantastic, if we can be a convener and uh, good conversations that happen on important topics. The governor talked about this group tends to be, uh, a lot of them were, were known to him because of course he's been around the state for uh, decades in different roles and now as governor, but how these folks act as unifiers in our state and uh, and bring people together. Uh, and that, that's an important a theme, and, and, and I could tell that was happening as well.
1: You know, one of the things we think is really important is in terms of unifying people is to make sure that we don't just stop now that this list is out, And we don't continue to talk about it through the rest of the year till the next list comes out. That's not our goal. We want to find ways to continue talking about these people and these issues. And in fact, Nate is going to start a podcast where he's going to be interviewing some of the folks that were on the list about leadership, about challenges in Indiana, challenges in economic development in our cities, so that we can keep this conversation going. And some of those uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Nate, but I think some of those will be small panel discussions. Yeah, absolutely. I'm,
2: e- I'm excited for that reason, To, It's a great opportunity to get to know these leaders better and what what drives them, lessons learned and uh, leadership ideas that they have, and to Leslie's point, the opportunity to talk about particular issues and maybe have two or three of our Indiana 250 come together and talk about what's the future of Indianapolis or uh, what do we need to do in this state to improve the public health of Hoosiers and really talk about some specific issues and and, uh, to Leslie's point, try to keep the Indiana 250 um, alive during the year and keep the interest uh, level high. And I think it's just a great opportunity to, to learn more and engage more with, with people around our state.
0: Uh, you mentioned this, Leslie, early on. I just wanted to come back to it real quick. Why no elected officials? Why no politicians?
1: I think when you start going down the elected officials route, it's really hard to find a place to to say stop. So how many mayors do you do uh how many city council presidents how many lawmakers do you do i mean there's 150 lawmakers how and of course you can decide that it's easy to decide two or three are really important but then where do you stop that and i and i also think sometimes lawmakers and mayors are important because of the position more than because of how engaged they are so we had some former elected officials who are on the list because they have remained engaged mm-hmm. because they are still important in what they're doing and impactful in what they're doing. And oh. so that was that was an easy call for me. Brian Bosman. Brian Bosman. Luke Kinley. Luke Kinley just Skillman. led the state's health public health commission. And Becky Skillman, who is uh, a board member for Old National and really active there. And also the chair of I think it's Radius. Mm-hmm. Economic um, development the Economic Group. Development Group.
0: For any other business publications that are thinking about attempting this do you have any advice for them
1: get started early get started earlier than we did in in choosing the list start out talking to people in communities across the region that you're going to be representing because we got the best feedback i think from talking to people in their communities in economic development organizations at foundations in those kinds of places. uh, They really were able to tell us who's truly active, who is truly contributing to communities in a way that I think we don't see necessarily always because we're often covering their businesses Mm -hmm. more than we're necessarily covering uh, maybe the organization that they're serving on the board for. You've Gotta have a thick skin. I told Nate at the very beginning of this, Next year, well, it's it's hard enough when some people get left off the list. But next year, when people start going off the list, you got to be. I think I we haven't done that yet, but I think you got to be ready.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you know, it, it's a it's a fun process too. I mean, there's a lot of lot of interesting things that you learn throughout the process, and uh, certainly uh, highlighting leaders around our state is a is a great opportunity for for our organization. So it's it's a it's a neat process as well. All right.
0: Well at that, Leslie, I know you're about to go on vacation. I will let you go. Thank you. <laughs> Nate, thank you so much for making time.
2: Good to be with you, Mason.
0: My thanks again to Nate Feltman and Leslie Weidenbenner. And again, subscribers to the print edition of the Indianapolis Business Journal should receive the Indiana 250 with their latest issue. And subscribers to IBJ, Inside Indiana Business, and Indiana Lawyer can read profiles of the Indiana 250 honorees at indiana250.com. And if that's not enough, there are a few stories in the latest issue of IBJ I want to draw to your attention. First up, John Russell reports that doctors and hospitals across the state face confusion and anxiety over how anticipated abortion legislation will affect their practices and the care they provide patients. Mickey Shuey explains how Kite Realty Group Trust's $2.8 billion merger with a competitor has changed the Indianapolis-based retail real estate company. And Dave Lindquist has the story of two first-time entrepreneurs who are trying to bring to market an electronic scoreboard for the game Cornhole. Again, you can find these stories in the latest print edition of IBJ or online at ibj.com. I will say it is easier to access all of the latest local news about business and politics and all of IBJ's data on Central Indiana's business, community, and economy if you're a subscriber. And here's a new development. We have wrapped all of IBJ's content together with all of the stories, columns, and podcasts from our sister publication, Inside Indiana Business. And now it works out to about $3 per week for actionable information about every notable business development across the state. You won't find Indiana story told with this kind of breadth and depth anywhere else. Just go to IBJ.com and click on the subscribe button. And thanks again for making time this week for the IBJ podcast, which is edited by... Leslie Weidenbanner. I'm Mason King. Hang in there, everybody. We'll be back again next week.